The future belongs to those who see the possibilities before they become obvious. Welcome to Fireside Chats Without the Fires with Neil Toff and Paul Catherell. Friday, June 19th, Fireside Fireside Chats Without the Fires. Amazing. Friday, June 19th, people. Paul, I see you. Can I hear you too? Hey, Neil. How are you doing? Hello, everyone. Thank you very much for joining us again on this wonderful Friday. Can you believe, Neil, we are nearly halfway through June 2020 already. This year is flying by, right? It's flying by. It's flying by. We've got a sensational, as always, sensational <laughs> session. Uh, it's funny. Paul and I are alone today. We've had a great uh, little series of guests, and we are definitely going to continue our guest series. Uh, happens to be that today, it's just the two of us, which is great. Audience, please look forward to more amazing guests. We've had a great last three or four, and we've got another three or four to look forward to. But today you get just the two of us. Today's topic, lions, tigers, and bears, oh my. <laughs> Work from home, 2.0 plus, and more on agent experience. And why we're talking about these two things is really a culmination of what we've done this current week. So Paul and I earlier this week hosted Nick Glimsdahl, which you will be able to hear shortly uh, when it will be published uh, just in just a few days. Uh, and then I uh, was a panelist on a webinar hosted by ICMI and Newstar, which I was really grateful to. By the way, thank you, ICMI. Thank you, Newstar. Uh, and Becky Roman and I were the co-panelists talking about agent experience during these times of pandemic. And it was a just brilliant session. Hats mm. off to Becky uh, for really just getting some thought leadership out there and uh, sharing some, some really just great ideas, great discussions. So we'll, we'll do some reflections on that. Paul, you were certainly obviously part of the uh, session that we had together with Nick. Yeah. And you observed the webinar, uh, the ICMI webinar with Becky and Newstar and the ICMI folks and Roy Atkinson, by the way, sorry. Roy Atkinson, yeah. Sir Roy, <laughs> the most. Sir Roy, we're going to definitely tag him because we love Roy. Absolutely. Um, coming out of those two things, here we are at the end of the week. What was your thought? I mean, it's a, it's a great way to kind of reflect on these things that we talked about. Share some thoughts with the audience on these two, you know, kind of broad but yet specific topics. Work from home, 2.0 plus, 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 plus. Yeah. And agent experience. I was really impressed. Obviously, you know, I don't want to blow smoke up either yours or, or Nick's asses, as we say in the UK. But um, I thought the conversation, the podcast recording we did on Tuesday with Nick was, was absolutely fantastic. His insights and his passion, second to none. Um, but what I'd like to do, Neil, would be focus on the, um, the discussion about agent engagement, because I was impressed that finally we're now talking about putting agents in the center of things in terms of making sure they've got the right tools at their disposal and making it easier for them to give a better or improved, I guess is a better way of saying it, an improved customer experience or a customer journey. There's nothing more infuriating for an agent for them to be marked down on something when they haven't got access to the right tools or they haven't got access to um, the correct information, for example. You know, it, it's it's time consuming, it's annoying, your chimp brain starts to talk to you and get you frustrated, which then has a possibility of impacting your next call, so on and so forth. So the conversations that you and particularly Becky were having about my merging tools into a one 
a one-stop shop, for example, was was certainly music to my Welshman's ears. I, I was really impressed by that. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, and funnily enough, I was only earlier on today. I was I was watching uh, LinkedIn. Is it LinkedIn Live? Is that what they're called? Session. Um, Correct. Yeah. I, I was I was watching the one by Jeff Jeff Tozier. I think that's how is that how you pronounce his surname? You know him. Toyster, yeah, so Jeff, and he was talking about how when he was at a company, um, how it helped him to, he, he just happened across an accountant in the cafeteria, and he, he was struggling to get customer information in terms of billing, and this accountant was struggling to get customer information in terms of account information, right, not related to billing, and simply by that, in that chance meeting they were able to improve customer experience so it's just amazing now that you know we are looking at agents in terms of how we can improve them give them the right tools at their disposal and just make life easier doesn't everybody want to have have an easy life these days it's so true so this makes me think of um of two funny examples so often those of us that are leaders in the contact center we pound our chest and pound the table and get upset because the rest of the enterprise too often leaves us out in the discussions and decision-making process that affect our area, customer experience and the contact center. So examples, the CFO, the CMO, the COO, oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes are making decisions about technologies, about marketing strategies, about promotions, about supply chain, that absolutely affect customer journey, customer experience. Yet we find out too late. And the only way we find out about these decisions is because the calls and the chats and the emails start coming and we're getting blasted about complaints. Why this, where's that, how come? Upset, 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 CSAT goes down, negative reviews, voice of customer, it's all, it's a very vicious cycle because we are not at the table making discussions, making, to make decisions as, as part of the discussion process. Well, hold on a second. Because too often, those of us that are the leaders in the contact center are making decisions that affect the customer journey and customer experience as well. We don't consult with our own agents. Exactly. And we don't give them the tools and we don't think through the processes. So going back to Jeff Toyster's example, here he is, he and the accountant are both limited but had Jeff Toyster been involved and had Jeff Toyster had the ability to involve his agents, maybe a lot of those things would have been addressed far quicker or proactively so that negative voice of customer wouldn't happen. I think that's these things speak directly right. to these two inherent problems in enterprises. Neil, can I ask you quite a direct question? And I don't mean to put you on the spot, but please be honest. I would never not be honest. To you or to be honest. <laughs> wink, wink. Wink, wink, right? Wink, wink. There's a caveat in there. Um, yeah. When was the last time you personally either walked your operations? Well, I know outside of COVID, right? So before you we went into COVID, when was the last time you walked your operations? Floor? And when was the last time? And for me, this is the key one. When was the last time that you or any of your senior leadership team actually listened to a call or did a focus group discussion with agents to hear their concerns? So it would be so easy to try to spin this yeah. to make myself look good, but I'm not going to do it. It has been so long. I don't know. I don't remember. I will say this. The last time I listened to calls was totally reactionary. It was when a client would 
have a situation that would blow up. Mm -hmm. Voice of customer type things. Customer calls in or, or writes in and complains about something. Ah, oh, the agent did this. Your company did that. I'm getting treated badly. And then down the dominoes go down to the contact center. And we get the escalation. I can't believe you're doing this. How did you do that? And all of a sudden we pull the call recording and yeah, nine, 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 9.9 10 times. It was accurate. That's been my strategy. Unfortunately, it's def it's a default reactionary strategy rather than proactive. We I have to do a better job of doing some secret shopping, listening to calls because I'm listening to them, not because someone brought them to my attention. Exactly. Same thing with same thing with walking the floor. I am far too removed from walking the floor. I used to walk the floor and walk the floor and walk the floor. And every now and then I would put the headset on and take a call and my yeah. heart would start beating and pounding out of my chest because I was so out of my element. But I'm far too removed from it. And I will challenge if there are contact center leaders listening to this, let's challenge each other to do more of this. Walk the floor, mm -hmm. listen to the calls, actually listen to what our people are saying, what they're interacting with and dealing with. I would love to be the guy to come up and say, yeah, of course I'm listening to all my stuff and walking the floor. I'm the example. No, I'm not the example. I am I am the rule rather than the ex exception, unfortunately. And I have a lot more to do to improve that. And, and it's not, for, for me, great, 100%. It w I'd love to see more senior, senior leaders such as yourself out there engaging with the frontline people, right? And it's great to listen to calls, but I'd like to throw out something else. I also think that, as long as you've got the basic product knowledge or the basic system knowledge, you should attempt to take a call and base your call on whatever QA form or whatever QA process you have in place. Because honestly, hand on my heart, I don't know how many QA forms or QA processes are generated based on real life, right? I think sometimes what happens is a QA form comes from the senior, senior leadership team and everyone goes, right, we've got to do this. But in reality, does that work? So... Yeah, just throwing that one out to you. Not to annoy you or anything like that, but you get my point, right? No, it's, it's challenging. I, I think it's a great challenge. It's a great challenge to try to get our hands around. Um, it's, I'm on a different side of this right now. So, you know, we participate in RFP processes where yeah. uh, a, a company will come to us and say, this is what we would like you to do. And this is, this is what, these are the tools we use. And you look at the list of the tools and they're so disparate. There's, yeah. there's, there's a CRM. There's a, uh, an order management platform. Uh, there is a telephony and contact center and uh, call routing tool and platform. Just think about what it's like toggling and navigating all those different systems and then some. Oftentimes, they're actually really not integrated. Yeah. The term integration, by the way, it's a t term that we use loosely and oftentimes incorrectly. Oftentimes, we talk about the integration, the ecosystem. That's all BS. Sometimes it isn't an ecosystem. It's just a bunch of stuff that's lashed together or as standalones that are sitting there. And, and we give it the name ecosystem because it sounds really good. That's a good buzzword. It's often not an ecosystem. It's a bunch of stuff that's sitting there. And, and if it's not managed correctly, it turns into fungus. If we're talking about yeah. ecosystem and environment. And, and I think too often we've let those things flourish uh, in, our, in our operations. Agreed. Let's, uh, let's, let's change gears a little bit. We're going to do a little something differently uh, as we start to on a downward um, angle of this particular session, we're going to introduce a new element. We're going to call it myth busters. Come so we're on. going to take our topic of the week. We're going to take our topic of the week and we're going to bust the myths <laughs> around that topic. We're going, to, we're going to challenge the status quo. We're going to subvert the dominant paradigm. We're going to challenge uh, 
the so-called fault leaders that are out there that are spewing some stuff yeah. when it's appropriate. So today's topic of work from home 2.0 and agent experience and just the overall concept of working from home, let's bust some myths. Paul, what would you say is a myth buster about work from home? So Neil, I'm really excited about this um, this segue in, in, in our in our podcast. I'm very excited about the the topics we're going to discuss. But for me, talking about working from home, I think a common myth, and not just in the BPO industry, but in general, that working from home is easy. It really, really isn't easy at all. You've got to be so self managed, so self disciplined, and you know it's it's very common practice in the Philippines that you'll hear on a conference call a rooster in the background, for example, because of the time difference, right? But that's only, that, I don't mean only, that's the leaders that are taking those calls. Can you imagine how challenging it is for frontline agents who have maybe young, you know, young children or young siblings or whatever it may be to be eight hours locked in, taking calls while everything else is happening around them? Honestly, working from home, it isn't easy at all. And everybody that's done it during this COVID epidemic Hats off to you. I think you've done a fantastic job. That's my myth buster. Super. So I'm going to offer mine. My myth buster would be work from home is not cheaper, Ooh. especially right now. Everyone thinks of work from home is going to be cheaper. We don't have to have the workstation. We don't have to have the desktop computer. We don't have to have this, that, and the other. You know what? Work from home is not cheaper. It might be more expensive. There need to be tools, there need to be additional processes, additional resources, additional attention, and supervision has to be that much more buttoned down in the work from home environment. Believe me, I am a proponent of work from home when done correctly, but it is not a correct assumption that work from home is cheaper. Mm -hmm. Let's break that myth. Let's bust it up. Love Beautiful. it. Paul, we're going to switch gears as, as, we, as we wrap up here. Yeah. We're going to go to our weekly conclusion. <laughs> CX Hero of the Week. Who do you got for this week? So luckily enough, I was able to attend a webinar about a couple of weeks ago, and we've not been able to share this because we've had some wonderful guests on. So my customer here, customer experience heroes, it was a webinar hosted by WorthX. That's W-O-R-T-H-I-X. And it was all about the future of the customer experience. Our friend, who we have to get on the podcast, I hope he's listening, Nate Brown, was there dressed in a toga. Um, so I'd like to call out Annette Franz, Nate Brown, and Justin Robbins, just a few people who are on that webinar. Very, very worthwhile. If you can find it, download it and listen to it. Nate, we're coming after you. We keep bringing you up. You've got to get on this podcast at some point. But yeah, I know the the webinar you're mentioning, Justin and Annette and 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 Nate, and I think there might have been a few others. But yeah, there was. Safe. Uh, sensational session that they did, obviously. By the way, they did it in costume. Uh, I think Socrates was the theme. And Good for them for being super creative. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to offer my CX heroes of the week. So it, it's a couple. First and foremost, Daniela Silva from my South Florida. Daniela, you've been a great friend to the podcast. You gave us some good tips. Following uh, them, thank Daniela. Until recently, was a uh, key employee uh, in uh, virtual Arise, Arise Virtual Services. Uh, a great work from home only business process outsourcer. Excellent. So hats off to Daniela for being a friend of the podcast, for helping and for actually listening to us. Really appreciate it. Uh, I'm going to mention and call out, I've mentioned him before, and he, knock on wood, is going to be on this uh, podcast as our guest. He has a sensational book called Ignore Your Customers. What I'm going to highlight from Micah, two concepts, and then we'll get into it when he's our, a guest here. The concept of default of positivity 
in our context and our culture. Default of positivity and Stepford customer service. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's okay. Get yourself the book. <laughs> some great concepts in here uh, that, that, that resonate for all of us. So certainly, uh, Micah Solomon. I'm going to call out SOCAP, of which, to be fully transparent, I may be of SOCAP. SOCAP just put on its first virtual event. Uh, it, was, it went really well this week. Hats off to Marjorie Bynum, the CEO of SOCAP. Uh, and the colleagues that I get to work with over there, it was, a, it was an overwhelming success. I'm really proud of Marjorie and, and, and the SOCAP team for putting on this virtual event for the first time. Uh, one of the people that I got to um, to listen to that I'm really proud of, and I'm going to call her out, Jacqueline Wise from Hershey. So Jacqueline um, oversees, among other things, the uh, consumer affairs team at Hershey. And she shared an, a, a quick anecdote, which is that during this during pandemic, CSAT scores have risen. Amazing in this cra these crazy times, all that's going on, she has managed her team such that CSAT scores have risen. Hats off to her, CX Tier of the Week. Great job, Jacqueline. And if you're listening, and we hope you are, maybe we're talking about a, 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 an appearance on this podcast at one point. So to have you. Hats off to you. Congrats. Paul, I think that's it for the week. I think we're good, right? Closing words, closing thoughts. I, I, I'm a bit speechless. I've enjoyed today so much. It's a great podcast. It's just great to work with you and share these ideas. And I hope that our listeners are getting as much fun listening in as we are when we record it. And Neil, I never thought a lad from Clandidno would be in a position where he's, he's, he's hosting and he's talking, you know, with the likes of Nick, um, Jeremy and Leslie all on a podcast. I'm, I think I'm still in a bit of a state of shock. I need to lie down. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, this is great, man. The love is mutual. We've had a lot of fun this week. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, audience, for listening. Fireside Chats without the fires. We love having you as we conclude today. Tune in next week. As always, write into us. Tweet us. We want to hear your feedback. We want to hear your questions. We want to hear what's on your mind. Thank you for your loyalty. Thank you for listening to us. Until next time. Absolutely. Thank you. This has been another episode of Fireside Chats Without the Fires with Neil Toff and Paul Catherell. Follow Neil and Paul on Twitter at Neil Toff and at PaulCat72. Podcast feedback and topic suggestions are always welcome. Thank you for listening.